Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic night of Fandom Access. I'm Ever Faithful host AJ. Greetings and salutations. Sorry we missed you all last week, but uh, Karen was away on an excursion, and Jamie and I didn't have a lot to talk about. So with Karen back tonight, we have three shows to talk about uh, because, unfortunately, Jamie is under the weather. Um, but last week, we would have had two total shows to talk about. So. <laughs> um, so as soon as Karen gets here, we'll get started. And uh, um, what else have I been watching while I wait? Um, oh, FUBAR on... Um, on uh, uh, Netflix. For those of you who don't know, FUBAR stands for Fucked Up Beyond All Recognition. It is a fun uh, six or eight episode show. I don't know how many. I've just been watching it straight through with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and it's really funny. He plays a CIA operative who's supposed to be retiring. Doesn't because it's one last mission they need him for and hilarity ensues from there. And there's Karen. Hello. Welcome back. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? Good to be back. Yes, can you hear me? Can you hear, yeah. Am I muted? Okay. No, I can hear you. Oh, good. My phone, I just had to reboot my phone. I like, went to zero power and died <laughs> at like 957. <laughs> ah. So I'm tethered to my plug right now. So, yeah, I've had an eventful couple of weeks, and it's nice to, you know, be home on my couch for really, you know, first time. I, I, I came home for one night uh, from vacation and went to see my dad. So I just got back today. Healthy, tested negative for COVID, rested from vacation, ready to roll. Sounds like a plan. So what yeah. would you like to do? Uh talk about first well uh we only got a few things to discuss tonight right without jamie um we're going to set yep. up things aside well, i guess with with jamie there would have only been one more so <laughs> oh yeah uh, <laughs> and uh i can just tell you right now that fear the walking dead is terrible it's so bad um, i know it's so bad that are... you think you like you, you might like miss davis <laughs> right, like Mrs. Davis. Fear is so bad, and they're doing the same thing the flagship show Walking Dead did, which is they've introduced like a new, like dangerous community in the last season, and it's hard to um, feel like the stakes of that, right? When they kind of well, to be, at the end, it's to, not like years to, of building. To be fair. The flagship, at least, was going based on the comic. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's the way it worked in the comic, right? But maybe because, I don't know, some things work in comics and not on television. There's just no excuse for uh, fear that why they can't come yeah. up with something new. Yeah. It was All particularly right, so... terrible this week, and Jamie and I will talk about it next week. We're going to hate watch it to the bitter end. There you go. Uh, so yep. let's, let's, uh, let's start with Miss Davis. Okay, so it was a season finale, last couple episodes, season finale of Mrs. Davis. So while watching this episode, I, text, I texted that I was about halfway through. And, at that, and, and right at the, about the halfway point, 
I started thinking to myself, does Damon Lindelof either A, thinks everything he produces is gold because he's got loss to back him up, or has he been watching too much David Lynch? Because <laughs> yeah. I yeah. felt like I, I, that whole reveal about Buffalo Wild Wings and the algorithm, I thought, Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is the gotcha moment. This is the moment where it's like, I watched this for what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I didn't um, mind some of the things that happened at the end. I thought that the whole the idea that the um it that originally this was supposed to be an app created for Buffalo Wild Wings and an over enthusiastic coder like tried to make it into an app that would change the world, uh, which it kind of did and I thought you know, okay, there's some level of uh ironic humor there that I appreciated. Uh, not six, I mean, but that's like a you mean like everybody joke that became a step needed, shouldn't have been eight episodes, right? Like, like, yeah. like I appreciated that it was kind of funny, right? Um, and that, you know, the whole world, you know, the way like people latch on to something that is not what it was intended for and how people can be so like, you know, humans being so, I, I don't know, like, like letting this thing control their lives. And it was never really intended for that. Right. And it, it, and it kind of, yes, the AI kind of took on a life of its own and became more than it was supposed to be. But, you know, I kind of really, I guess one part I liked was when the, the woman who created the, the algorithm, I forget her name, but, you know, Simone shows up at this party and all these people there um, who are her friends who actually don't use Mrs. Davis. Uh, but I appreciated how that the creator kept, you know, she's like, it's just an algorithm. It's not, you know, it's not a, it's just lines of code. You can't kill it. It won't end itself. It doesn't, you're not ending its life. It doesn't have, like, all the things that Simone had been saying in the beginning part of the series, and now by episode eight, Simone is maybe really starting to see it as a personality the way the rest of people are and that this woman keeps right. reminding her it's just lines of code, right? Like, I, I appreciated that. I like that, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I just I feel like this entire thing was just kind of and, – and it's it's why it was done in a goofy way. But it's, you know, I mean, there's a third option. My first two things about Lindelof were, were you know, I was being sarcastic. But, of course, how can you not watching this show? Um, it's, it's almost like, you know, and we've complained about this before where somebody's trying to get a message out and they're doing it in a poor way because like, like, oh, like the the 100 reboot. Okay. Clearly there was a point they were trying to make and they, and they just did Mm -hmm. a bad job of it within the show because it was all the show became about. Um, yeah, I feel, I don't, I, I feel like this might kind of be, you know, a shot at at civilization the way it is right now with what, you know, they did with the show. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. the, at the end there, when the, algor- when the algorithm shuts itself off and everybody loses their shit, like, you know, I mean, 
you got the mother not paying attention to the kid on the swing, the algorithm goes off, and she's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, screaming. Oh, because the out, you know. For a second. Uh, did you, you, you still hear me? You broke up there for a second. Yeah, I hear you, but you ah. broke up for a second there. Yeah, it's just the, the guy in the middle of the street screaming when the hour, you know, all these people, they don't, it's like, it's oh, like yeah. all of a sudden, like, it's kind of like everybody's waking up all of a sudden. It's like, oh, wow. I've been, you know, without Miss Davis, oh, I, I, what, what do I do, you know? And and it's, yeah, nobody it's sadly it's I mean it's 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 the direction we're headed in this world. I mean technology is great. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, it's going to be the death of us. <laughs> it, it it will eventually destroy us. Yeah, you know that scene reminded me a little bit. A little bit. Have you seen this movie Idiocracy, starring? Oh, I love Idi- Idiocracy. Is wonderful. Right. <laughs> um. You know, there's a, the aspect where people have become totally lazy um, and they, you know, they really just um, watch TV all the time and advertising, like, controls everything. Like, it reminded me a little, like, what you're saying and what we saw in that last episode with people, like, not being able to function without Mrs. Davis reminded me a little bit of Idiocracy. And it reminded me a little bit of this other movie I saw, I can't remember, I think Bruce Willis was in it, where people, like, kind of just, stay in their apartment all day and they live their life through an avatar that goes around and goes to work and stuff for them and they just sit around in their bathroom. Do you know that movie? It sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, I think Bruce Wilson's in it. But two things, two, like those two things came to mind a little bit when I saw, you know, people. Um, uh, both of those movies are kind of about what you're saying about technology is going to ruin us. Um uh, you know, I, I think for you and me both, as we say every week, it was the whole spirituality side of this show that we appreciated so much more, right? Um, that well, I, was, I think that, that really took, came... And that took a weird turn in this episode, too. Yeah. I think um, the, the biggest part of that was uh, was the part with Wiley. I thought that was kind of interesting. Like <laughs> you find out, you, you know, they put him on a roller coaster and I was like, that's, mm-hmm. a good, you know, I knew, you know, he's not going to die. You know, there's more to it, but I'm like, if that's how you're going to go, that's a pretty cool way to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was right in the end, right? He didn't, um, he didn't die. Yeah. Uh, Which is why although it's not, that was a lie too. Although it's not really clear to me, I guess I guess every single person who shows up for expiration in the end is not killed, becomes a better person, but has to remain and work for Mrs. Davis in the pyramid, or 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 well, can really just get yeah. a pass. It, well, no, she she doesn't. The girl, the woman that that let him through it, says that you can either stay here in service or you can leave and do you know be of service to her in another way. But with the algorithm shut yeah. down, you know, what is it, you know, there's nothing stopping yeah. him from leaving anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you're right there. Um, you know, I, I mean, that was kind of – so in the end, Mrs. Davis really did change his life and make him kind of a better person, right? Uh, oh, what, mean, do you, he, he, what do you think about Monty, the Monty reveal? 
Oh, that the fa- the Monty the father <laughs> that he was dead yeah. the piano. David Arquette. Yeah, that was yeah. that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I mean, I I think um, I'm I mean for me that's that is the best way to resolve it. He should have been dead. Like this idea that he was a lot. Like that's the only way the story. Well, he was alive, and then he died. Well, he was alive, and then he died. Yeah, um, but that Celeste has been like really blaming and persecuting. Uh, and accusing Simone for all these years, and he's been dead for a number of years. Not all that time. He wasn't he's, alive, he's, but, he, but he's been he's been, he dead, been since dead since the, well, he's, been, he's been dead since the funeral. <laughs> he's been dead since the funeral. Yeah, <laughs> long enough to become mummified. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, I um. I thought that I did enjoy that. I kind of enjoyed that it ended that way. And, it, you know, they, they had Simone and Celeste come to a, you know, a better, I mean, was that because of Mrs. Davis? Did, yeah. Mrs. did Mrs. Davis bring them together and bring them to a better place? Um, well, ironically, yes, in a way, because she was, Simone was able to talk to Celeste through, you know, by being yeah. her proxy as a thing she was saying, yeah. it was like she was talking to her mother, but talking, to, you know what I mean? You know, it was the way it was that, you know, and then she's, when she said, um, when Celeste said she was sorry, she's like, wait, is that you or is that Miss Davis? And she's like, oh, we're right, both yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool, right? I mean, that was, you know, I, uh, there were parts of the sending that were pretty satisfying. And we did get the resolution yeah. of the whole Holy Grail thing, although it didn't really, like, so someone destroys the Holy Grail, and Mrs. Davis does as she promised and turns herself off, supposedly, maybe. Um, but nothing else happened. Like, uh, you know, like, I mean, there was this sort well, of, like, Raiders of the Lost Arky kind of moment when Sister, yeah. the, the the Mother Superior screams, and it was a little Raidersy. But really, nothing happened when the Ark was just, when the when the um when the Grail was destroyed. Well, Jesus, except, well, Jesus, Jesus was was yeah. was yeah, Jesus was released, and he was able to move on himself for a change. You know, yeah. yeah. So that um, kind of happened. <laughs> and that was kind of a good scene, um, and maybe uh maybe a highlight. A scene for me. Yeah. Um, I one of my favorite parts actually was probably the scene with Mother Superior, you know, leading up to it and the aftermath. You know, I like when she's like, she goes, "Do you have? Does it matter what you drink?" And she's like, "No." And she's like, <laughs> and pulls out the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mom's like, a little more. <laughs> uh, you know that their interactions throughout the show have been actually the highlight of the entire show. I think. Um. She's a, yeah, I think you're right. I have to agree with you. Mother Superior is a great character. They have great conversations. I I, I really really good chemistry. You know, having yes, um, having been educated by nuns myself, I went to a school at a convent. Um, I I kind of like the way nuns are presented. I'm not like the nuns that educated me were not like party nuns like these nuns, <laughs> but. You know, as we talk every week, I think we've both really enjoyed the portrayal of nuns, of people who've chosen a religious life and, and you know, a life of faith and to live in this community of, of faithful people. They all came across as really like normal human beings in this show, right? 
Like, yeah. well, not yeah. all of them. Some of the some of the nuns, like when they went to the taco truck, were a little silly or whatever. But that was um, funny. I mean, Simone. De- most appear definitely. I mean, Simone, like we could argue if her choice to become a nun was really. Um, I mean, she did like see Jesus and fall in love with Jesus and whatever. Yeah. But um, but she's motivated a different little different. She didn't really like have the calling as I was taught to understand it. Um, but whatever. Um, and of course we love Jesus. I love, and I love the scene where Simone goes to Jesus and Wiley is there. Yeah. Like, I did not right? see that coming. Uh, I did not see that coming. He was lying. Well, he was lying. He didn't want to tell her the truth. Well, yeah, right? Like he, it was like at the moment of his death or what he thought was the moment of his death. He saw Jesus, yeah. which was kind of like a brilliant development. Um, I thought I really, um, I really, uh, I like that. I mean, I, uh, overall for me, this show was too bizarre and too like, it was uneven. It was uneven. It, it sometimes to me was trying a little hard to be, goofy or outlandish or whatever, right? Yeah, that's a good way to put like, it. Yeah. Like, when it worked, it worked. But when it didn't right. work for me, it was just like... Um, and, like, I never felt that... I mean, I never felt that way. Like, I don't want to criticize Game Inland Love too harshly on this because we loved Watchmen so much, right? And Watchmen's a very different subject matter. It is not supposed to be funny. It's very dark, <laughs> based on a brilliant piece of intellectual property. Um, but it never felt like it was trying too hard, right? Or when we watched David Lynch, which is like the most bizarro shit you can watch on, on like yeah. mainstream television, and it never feels like it. This show, to me, sometimes was just being a little too... Like a character like JQ, he was kind of funny, but sometimes I'm like, okay, they're just trying too hard to make this guy over the yeah. top. Yeah, sometimes it was just sometimes it was a little too much. Uh, well, more than 50% of the time, it was a little too much for me. <laughs> right? Yeah, I got to say, for a, show that, for, for a show that, you know, I started watching because everybody was like, oh, this show is so amazing, blah, blah, blah. And I watched it and went, why does everybody love this damn thing? Um, yeah. The, the finale actually was pretty solid, you know. Um, I got to yeah. say, I actually think the finale actually stuck the landing. Um, it doesn't make up for everything that came before. But at least with the yeah. finale, you kind of see, okay, this is the, you know, this is where they were going with it. This is what the message was. You know, and it was, it was, it was a lot of fronts. It wasn't just one front. It was a lot of fronts, too. You know, there was the whole... Um, bash on technology, you know, and they found a way yeah. with the spirit, yeah, bleh, spirituality. They found a way to do it without being preachy, and that yeah. I really appreciated because, I mean, even with you, you know, you, you being uh, growing up Catholic yourself, I'm sure you appreciate it when it's they're not, you know, when Catholicism or Christianity on TV isn't depicted as being preachy. And I think that's what you were saying about the nuns, because a lot of times in things we see, the nuns are always a bunch of assholes. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. for what, you know, that's the way they're, you know, 90% of the time are depicted on TV, which, 
you know, yeah. tough because they're people too. Yeah. Yeah. Or or depict it like depict it as, you know, sometimes people are um they're either like not a force for good <laughs> or they're like stereotypical and gimmicky or whatever or you do feel like they're being preached to or whatever. And this show, which was, like, pretty steeped – I mean, Jesus is a character. It, it's very steeped yeah. in, like, Christianity or or maybe – or Catholicism. Um, but I feel like almost anybody could have watched this – like, you don't have to be a Christian to kind of really appreciate, I think – I mean, I don't know because I am a Christian, but I don't think you have to be one to, like, really appreciate what was being depicted. Or I think that you can be – a Chris, you could like I. I also was never offended by anything I saw on that screen. I thought it was a really yeah. good interpretation mm-hmm. of spirituality. Right? There was. I don't think right. there was. I, I, they they walked a fine line there and did a good job. I think that was one of the most successful. Yeah. Uh, and, right? and I we think every you, know, week. you 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 and I are both sides of the spectrum, and we both enjoyed it for the same reasons. So that's how you know that part of it was done well. Yeah. That we both that we can agree on that, and um, coming from totally different opposite, as you said, opposite sides of the spectrum and different like backgrounds and beliefs or whatever, um, they did that well. Uh, but a lot of the rest of it, um, I don't know. Again, I appreciate trying to. It's very timely that it's a power, you know, it's an all-knowing AI, just as, like, everybody's having a freak out about ChatGPT. And, like, I told, I think I told you I'm on a committee at work to talk about AI in our workplace and yeah. um, are we all going to be replaced by robots <laughs> and things like that. Um, it's very timely. It might be a little ahead of its time, actually, in terms of what – if people aren't yeah. following this, it might be a little ahead of its time time on that I don't know I, I I don't know I think you and I are sort of the audience for this show we appreciate some out there television we we have loved some crazy stuff we mention these same shows every week the Legion everything by David Lynch Watchmen other kinds of shows that are a big departure and we liked them, and I think we were primed for this, and you and I, it just didn't hit for both of us. Uh, yeah, and I, think that's, I and I think that's for the reason that we said, you know, which was that it, it tried too hard at times. It, it, sometimes it tried to be goofy for the sake of being goofy other than just letting the scene flow. Yep. yep. I think that, I think, yeah. I think you're right. I think you described it really perfectly there. Um, out there for the sake of being out there or goofy for the sake of being goofy and not always it. I mean, yeah. An interesting experiment. I mean, I'm glad it was made. It's better than Fear the Walking Dead, right? Um, I'm glad it's one season. Yeah, I'm glad it's one season. Nice, nice, um, one, nice one and done. There is no way they can, no, there's no way they can revive this. No. There's no way they can revive it, and they shouldn't. Um, I guess I'm glad I watched it. It's not a show that I watch, and I'm like, holy crap, I'll never get those six hours back of my life, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> We've had a couple of those. 
Yeah, <laughs> we have. We've had a few. Um, and a worthwhile experiment in television. I think there are people who loved it. And good for them. Those people. Yep. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yep. So. All right. So. Citadel. So. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. Karen. Have fun. I know you. I'm uh, sure you hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I, and I hated um, the season finale. Uh, there was a lot to. So one thing that really frustrates me about Citadel is that every two minutes there's a title card. Nine years ago, six months ago, thirteen years ago, six months after that. Yeah, that in was the present. Two years ago, like every two minutes, right? Yeah, that that was problematic in the finale. There was too much of it. And I get that you've got a story about a character who's lost his memory, so there's going to be some flashbacks, right? But I thought they were they were too many and not good and not always relevant. Like, wait, the writers are using that as a crutch, right? And I guess uh, is the alternative exposition, because that would be – that also, right? We don't want a bunch of like exposition going on all the time. Although this show has plenty of that also. Like the entire show is flashback and exposition to the point that I felt often like, they, why didn't they just make that show? Why didn't they just make a show about Citadel and the, and the destruction of Citadel? Like that's the show we kind of were watching, right? Like they just didn't execute the memory business. And then we have this huge reveal in the season finale, which I'm not sure how I feel about. Multiple huge reveals in the last two episodes. How did you feel about all this? Like, suddenly suddenly there's all this shit happening in the last two episodes that you're like, wait, what? That, and there's all this history that uh, it, it just well, gets bigger and bigger with every reveal. Um, so first we have... Um, Nadia, it's, you know, they're implying, and I said it from the start, they're implying all along that she's the mole. And so it makes it out pretty obvious that yep. she's not the mole. Unless they pull this, unless they pull the switcheroo or they make us think that she's the mole. So we think she's not the mole, but she actually is the mole, but she wasn't. Yep. Um, you it, was Mason, yep. it was Mason, all, it was Mason all along, like I said. Um, but, you know, the, the whole, but the, what you find out with Nadia is that she had been pregnant with Mason's kid, that's what was really going on with her and why she did the things she did. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's that big reveal over the last two weeks. And then, of course, we find out Mason was the mole. Um, The twist to that, though, was it was, like, you know, it's funny. The whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, I know Mason's the mole, but it doesn't make any sense why he would do this. And if he's the mole... Why was he in the middle of the execution? Like, why was he in the middle of all these Citadel agents being taken out? And we get that answer, yeah. you know. Because I'm like, I'm like, something, you know. So we find out that um, what's her face there? She's his mother. You know, we get backstory on his. We see him as a child, and we hear the whole backstory about how he became orphaned. And then we find out that that's his mother, and that she couldn't be bothered to be his mother anymore because his father was brutally killed. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so she's, you know, an even worse person than we thought she was. 
Um, but yeah. he goes, he believes everything she says and he gives her all the information because he, you know, she, he, and you know what, being a spy, and supposed to be a top spy, I don't know why he believed for one minute that she was actually going to go to the authorities to take Citadel down. Right? I mean, come on. Worst spy ever. Come on. Come on. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, and then, of course, what she actually does is takes them out, you know. Um, and now we know that moment in the train with the two of them where he's, she's like, I didn't tell you something. And he's like, I need to tell you the truth. Um, he was going to tell her about that. And she was going to tell him about the baby. Um, but then all hell broke loose. And the thing I didn't like, and I'm surprised they did, was give him his memory back. Um, I don't like the fact that we're told that, you know, this is it. This is the only vial. If you break, you know, if this breaks, you're never getting your memory back, which I was okay with because I think, you know, because Kyle's a better person. I mean, what happens to Kyle now, like, it, it, you know, remains to be seen what ends up happening with him when he's still Kyle, but now he remembers, he knows everything Mason does. And yeah. how drastically does that? How drastically does that change him to know that he, that Mason was responsible for everybody dying? And I don't, but I don't like the fact that it's the last minute. Oh, you found a way to reverse, you know, to give him his memories back. It, come on, I. You, in you like can't one, in like do that. In yeah, in like one minute. No, you're right. In one sentence that takes like. 12 seconds for, he's like, oh, yes, they had me build a backup server and I can just rebuild the, I mean, he did it in like five seconds, right? Like how quickly did he come up with this, with this serum that restored the memories? That was very frustrating to me, right? And Right. Which begs the next question, does Abby have one also? Do they do they have a serum right? for Abby to get her memories back as Celeste? Yeah, right. Because he supposedly, when he backstopped her, like erased it all, uh, or didn't. But it seems like it only takes one second to do it. So why can she not have her, um, yeah, memories restored also? But everything we've been told is once you've been backstopped. If you don't already have this in place, it's, it's impossible to get your memories back. And they purposely yeah. didn't do anything to, you know, I, it's just, it's, just, it's kind of, I, it's lazy. It's yeah, lazy. right? Yeah. I mean, but, at the, so... same, but at, at the same time, I, this is kind of exact, but this is exactly what I expect from a spy thriller like this. I mean, it's, it's just, it's par for the course. But when you, you know, when you're three, spending $300 million, you've got the Russo brothers behind it, and you're touting this as this great spy thriller, I also expect a little bit more from you. Um, yeah. So, so little, we had this conversation a couple weeks I mean, ago. Yep. We had this conversation a couple weeks ago where you were like, oh, it's really a lighthearted spy thing. You maybe had a lower expectation than I did. And, and like, uh, you know, um, you were, I think what you said was you were able to enjoy it for what it was and not having to like, oh, it seems a standard maybe that I was. Yeah. Like, maybe I needed to like lighten up a little bit. 
Um, but after having watched the whole thing, I'm like, there was also a bunch of other annoying throwaway stuff that bothered me. Like, right before they reveal that, right before Nadia reveals she has a daughter, um, the guy they rescued, his name is Carter, I think. Carter? Yes, maybe Carter. Maybe his name? Uh, yes, Carter. Carter says, you were seen with so-and-so, and he's a terrible terrorist and an awful person, and he's killed people or whatever, blah, blah. And Nadia says, that man is my father. Yes. And I was kind of like, wait, yes. what? Like, we've seen that guy a little bit in flashback, but since when did anybody say that Nadia was known to associate with, with terrorists? Like, why is a Citadel employee allowed to associate with terrorists? Um, she's like, oh, it's my father. And also, like, she supposedly was raised in Citadel, and her mother was a Citadel agent. So her mother, I guess, right. was in love with it. Like, what is all that that they just unloaded well, on us? And, like, n- nobody says, wait, what? It's like, oh, he's my father. And then we move on. And that well, never, like, it just dropped like a bomb and it, it doesn't it, explode. It's kind of, it's a, it's one of those off-screen things that has uh, has been dealt with because her mom yeah. – was a Citadel agent and maybe she slept with him, you know, during a mission, you know, to get information or something. And oops, here comes Nadia type of situation. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It wasn't like they were together. It wasn't like they were together and in love, you know, it's kind of like Celeste. Celeste went under the, you know, the change to become, you know, she, she went undercover to become whatever Brielle. the hell, uh, Brielle. Brielle. Oh no, Brielle became Celeste. Did Celeste come? I, you know what? I don't fucking remember. She's got three names. But anyway. Yeah, I think Celeste became Brielle. Yeah. yeah. So, well, she goes, she goes undercover and is in a relationship with one of the twins, you know. So, you know, same type of scenario, you know. Only she didn't get pregnant with his kid, whereas Nina's, uh, Nadia's mom did, you know. So that, that's a whole yeah. story in itself that we got nothing about. And, you know, it's funny, like, you were saying how I said, you know, in the beginning, I was like, I, you know, I'm taking it for what it is. It's a spy thriller. I'm not looking too deeply into it. But as the show progressed, my problem has now at the end here is while there's a lot of spy tropes, you can't label yourself as this really great action-packed, you know, thinking man spy thriller and then do the same tired and tried shit you know it's like you you yeah. gotta follow your own rules that's and that's true of anything not not just this show we've, we've had this conversation numerous times especially on time travel you have to follow your own rules i don't care what somebody else did in this show or that show you set your rules you follow your rules when you change your rules for the sake of changing your rules because it's what you need to do at the moment that's when i have a problem with it and it's memory stuff that's where it, it really annoyed me yeah, and they unloaded it, like, so dramatically in the final moments, really, of the show where Mason annoyingly gets his – so, on the side, I agree with you that I feel strongly that he should not have gotten his memories back, and if he was going to, it should not have been, like, so crazy easy to do in one second – but the idea that he would never get his memories back was a driving, like, tension in the show, right? And and 
it made him and Nadia inherently unequal partners, and and that was one of, to me one of the more positive parts of it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, and then you know to have him get in there back that was that was freaking annoying. You're right. But they drop it in like really moments at the end, and so he's got this huge revelation that you know his mother is a Manticore agent. She tricked him which wasn't that hard because he's the most stupid spy ever for an all, super <laughs> James Bond level of spy. She duped him so easily. Um, I also didn't really buy this. I think, so there's that. And they don't give us a lot of time. Like there's no reckoning of like turning around and being like, holy shit, my wife, whatever your name is, is secretly, Cel- I've been married to Celeste all this time? Like, what the fuck is that, right? He, there's no, yeah. there's no, he just hugs them and loves them, and he hugs her, and she hugs him at the end in a way that, it, to me, it, they're trying to make it unclear whether she knows or not, although she doesn't know because she was wiped, I guess, but although it's that yeah. easy to unwipe her, could she be unwiped? I don't know, but I felt like there was not a reckoning with, like, that huge, like, they really swept that to the side in the end. And also, I think and they really, it, it, go ahead. I was just saying, and that's the thing, he's, he's, he's still Kyle, you know what I mean? He's just Kyle yeah. with Mason's memories, you know? Yeah. So, it's really convoluted, and, you know, you know how I would have done it, if you want to do, if you want to do, like, throughout the show, He's been having flashes of memory, which is fine. That's okay because a memory wipe, I can get on board with a memory wipe that doesn't completely take, makes more sense than all of a sudden in the last second going, oh, look what I did. Um, I, could, yeah. I think it would have been better had they, he has flashes, which is fine, but I think it would have been better if his mother, you know, him and his mother finally come face to face and she tells him. And then we get, you know what I mean? We get it that yeah. way. And then he's, you know, now he's conflicted because he doesn't want to believe her, but there's a part of him because he's had, you know, maybe have a flash of something that, you know, what she's telling him makes sense because of something he's remembered, but because his memories are so scrambled, you know, it makes it more intriguing that way. And then, and then the audience is left going, oh my God, is she really his mother? Is she really telling the truth? Yeah. And then, you know, and then Bernard, and then Bernard can, can be like, yeah, she's your mom, you know, but then we're still wondering, is the rest of it true? You know, what more is there to it? You know, it, it's just for, for yeah. something that's supposed to be intrigue, you know, be intrigue. It, it, it really wasn't intriguing. <laughs> yeah. And I felt that I'm not sure if they, undermined it or if they just never really stuck it but this idea that Mason has always felt like he had no identity like like we we always heard that he had no family and that his father died and his mother ditched him like he didn't exist and he always felt like like a non-person and so it was so easy for him to become a spy and assume this new identity or a new identity for every case or whatever. And then we find out that, okay, I don't know why they took their child to Bosnia in the middle of a war, but whatever, like they, like maybe they couldn't get out, whatever. Right. Um, but his father did die, but it turns out he was taken in and raised by his grandmother who did appear to love him. And he appears to 
know who his mother is and have some kind of relationship with her enough that he trusts her to give her the name of every single Citadel agent. Like, that's how much he, like, no, it's not like the first time he ever met her, right? So I felt like this idea that Mason Kane was created by a boy, an unloved boy with no, like, I thought maybe he grew up in orphanages and on the streets or something, and then it turns out he had, like, a pretty, like, oh, okay, it was tragic, not but great, he but was not awful. awful. Yeah, tragic, but not mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. Like, his grandma took him in, and she seemed to love him. Yeah. And he knows who his mother is, and she's a jerk, but whatever. Like, so I, I really feel like they did not build my sympathy or understanding for Mason King. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, all around, just not, just not a really good show. Not a, I say it every week, not a $300 million program, right? No, absolutely not. So, did you watch the trailer for the next installment that's not coming until next year? I did watch the next installment, and I could have, it's called Citadel Diana, and I could have figure out if I'm if I'm if I remember this correctly nobody speak I couldn't tell what language it's gonna be in because nobody speaks. Does anybody speak in that trailer? Or is it just images I, and music? I don't think anybody does now you thought, mention it. I don't think anybody does. And I thought it looked maybe vaguely could be the German one, like based on that woman's haircut and some, I'm like, is that the German one? It's not the Indian one. It must be the German one. Um, no, there is no spoke. Indian one. Uh, there is no German one. There's a, there's Italian, Spanish. Um, Indian, right? Not Indian. Indian. Yeah. Indian and Mexican. And I, I thought it looked like the Spanish one. <laughs> it worked have been the Italian one. Spain and Italy could, yeah. could maybe uh, get mixed, get a little All confusing. Right. And that's coming in 2024. Yeah. Which means any continuation of the Mason Kane story is not coming that for yeah. who is. If they if they do it the way it looks like they might be doing it, I mean, like if we get this early 2024. Um, and I could foresee that, you know, we just got done with this one. I could see the next one being, say, February or March maybe, and then we get another one. In, well, I mean, the writer's strike might have a few things to say about that, but um, then we might get another one in, like, July or August. And then, you know, so so the flagship, I I can see not getting that until probably late 25, maybe early 26 depending on how far yeah. they space out all these, you know, there's just, there's a total of five, you know? So you do that every yeah. couple months. So like every eight months kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I am. Um, I mean, that also is a, I mean, it takes a while a to, bit of a, to, to film a $300 million show. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I think it maybe like makes the problem like, like now we got a whole bunch of new characters to get invested in. I so yeah. I I've been doing some thinking really about doing some thinking about like like shows that are like not just a show but like a story 
like sitting within the universe, right? I was thinking about this because tomorrow I'm doing the, I'm with Jamie having COVID. I'm going to cover those interviews with the cast of Star Trek Discovery. Oh tomorrow, God! Right? No, Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds. Strange tomorrow. New Worlds. Yeah. Which means when we hang up, I got to start watching screeners. Um, and I was thinking about like the number of shows really that um are set within a like networks that have multiple shows set within the universe. I think of Star Trek being sort of the original like uni- like storytelling universe with yeah. multiple shows, right? But I was thinking about Citadel, um and 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 other ways that shows are doing this and like Amazon trying to create a new storytelling universe out of whole cloth without really any I mean the most successful ones are based on existing IP, Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel. Marvel. They're, they're, you know, yeah. so so Star Wars and Marvel were based on like first having a series of incredibly successful films and then moving, you know, with the changes in television to uh to a television universe also. Um Star Trek has always been uh television but they this is you know, they're based on some existing P and and to create sort of a whole cloth is kind of a part of the problem for me. We're not we're going to move to another part of the Citadel universe with the next show, and like, is it going to be totally new? Is it based on like we heard that every single every single Citadel agent was blown away in the same day, except basically for Carter, Nadia, and and Mason, as far as we know, right? Like five people lived, everyone else is destroyed and murdered. But now we've got like multiple shows in multiple countries with, like, a whole ton of people who live. So I don't know if these are set, like, previously before the purge, if it turns out that, like, like Mommy Dearest didn't do a good job and, like, a whole boatload of people lived. Like, I'm not really sure where that's going yeah. and how they explain that, but they seem to not really care about explaining shit or doing a good job of that, right? <laughs> um Not really, right? But like, yeah, no, you're, but, look at, absolutely. but look at Amazon is going. They, they went after like one of the granddaddy pieces of IP, um, the Lord of the Rings, and they didn't do a good job with that either. That was also controversial and this not well loved, right? So I don't know, but I think um, as you have suggested the last time we talked, that the three hundred mil probably includes like giant payments to the Russo brothers. Um, it's not clear to me how involved they were. I have to do more reading. Like, they are the EPs, but how much does an EP do? They're obviously not writing every episode. Um, I was just going to say, I mean, I don't think they paid the writers enough for that 300 mil. (laughs) Some of the stuff that seemed like they were phoning in, they're like, hey, you don't want to pay us? Here's your script. Here's your script. Turns out her father's a terrorist, but we don't need to talk. Don't dwell on that. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, um, actually, you know, you, if you want to, uh, you want to see a fun spy thriller, um, check out FUBAR on Netflix. Uh, the, uh, six, six or eight episodes. I don't even know. Uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, it is hilarious. It is so good. I heard. <laughs> I heard you mentioning it? it as I dialed in, and I did yeah. hear a. Um, I did hear. I did see a headline about it. I probably have been cut off from Netflix by now. I'm not sure um, because I'm sharing someone's account. Um, so I may not have Netflix anymore. Um, 
But I heard you saying it was great. Oh, let's see. I know my profile is existing. Oh, no. It's number one in shows today. It's Bar. When a father and daughter yeah, discover really they both secretly with today. All right, I'll watch it real yeah, quick really before fun. I get kicked off. All right, so Citadel. I, I am not committing myself to watching another season set in another country. I think I'm done with this show. Unless hmm. I maybe have get COVID again and have to lie on the couch and watch TV for four straight days. Well, maybe I'll do that. We'll, uh, or, or, or depending on when it's on, um, and if there's nothing else on the podcast, you might watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done that before. Or, or yep. if you don't start watching it, and I watched the first episode, I'm like, oh, my God, how is this show so much better? <laughs> then you might watch it. <laughs> I might. I trust you. I trust you mostly. I trust you so, 95%. Well, you know, that's, that's something we've, we've got uh, – yeah, what month did we announce? May, so – yeah. So we got about eight months to, to wait it out. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, so this brings us to the good show that we watched this week. I yes. mean, I thought it Silo. was pretty good. Silo. Yeah. So, yeah. Silo's been good uh, week one. Silo has been good. Um, I watched two episodes because I was behind, because on my vacation I had no TV, right? Right. Um, so I've watched the most recent two, so I'm all caught up with you. Uh, some twisty turns. I like how this show and how the books before them have set up this, like, they build this world where people live in the silo and there's, there's the pact and there's people going outside and cleaning and all this stuff, but it actually is not really the focus of these episodes, right? Like the murders are the, like this could be a murder mystery set almost anywhere in these two episodes. And they're giving you dribs and drabs of the overall overarching mystery um, of the outdoors and why you all live in a silo um, and what happened to the world or whatever, right? Uh, if there ever was a world. Like, it's not even clear. Well, let's not go there. But this really was mystery murder-focused, these two episodes. And I, I – so I've, I've read it, and I kind of know where this is probably going. Um, but how did you feel – as, uh, like, do you agree with me? Do you disagree? Are you craving more knowledge about the dead bodies outside and what happened to the sheriff, or or did the um, um, did the mystery hold you this week? So I want to know. I mean, I want to know about the outside, obviously, but I don't think about the like you said. I'm not really thinking about the outside because of everything that's going on in the inside. I mean, you know, they went. I mean, and you know, it's so funny. Like we talk about shows, you know, the 100 and Lost and other shows where nobody is safe. Well, Jesus, holy crap. The only person I think on this show that is safe is uh is Juliet. <laughs> I mean, they killed they killed Marn in, in, in the finale of last week. So he's the dead body this week. That was surprising, week. right? That was surprising to you probably. Yeah, I was, I was really I was really I I did and I didn't because part of me was like he's the only one, he's the only big name left. <laughs> I mean, not the only one. I, you know, um, common, yeah. Tim Robbins, Tim Tim Robbins and Common are still around, but I'm like, um, you know, I'm just like, I'm like, you know, and then they just, you know, killed him too. Um, I thought, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause I yeah. felt like Karn, I felt like Karn, Marnes was a fun character and there was more to learn with him, but I guess not. Um, yeah, this just learning about the way that the, the world and the silo even works and it's set up and everything. 
Like, I can't wait to find out more about what Common, Common's little uh, speech before he throws the guy over the rail um, about the, yeah. the janitor's closet. I want to know what's in the, who's in the janitor's closet with him. Um, right. You know, and and I really enjoyed Tim Robbins' character this week. You know, I thought he was just, kind of, you know, up to now, he was just kind of here and there. Um, but I was really intrigued by his character this week. You know, I like how he's, you know, the reluctant mayor. Um, yeah, Which he's is not, the he's part not, he's playing, he's, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, he's totally vying for, or at least it seems to me that he's vying for, to actually be elected for it. So he's doing his best intern, you know, interim uh, may, mayoral job so that when the time comes for the people to vote, and I'm like, oh, he did a great job while he was there for two or three days. So, you know, just make an official, you know. Um, yeah. But the ending of the episode I really liked, I hadn't even thought about this. But they're like, he's like, you know, there's lights out there. Like, look at this. There's like patterns. And she's like, that looks like a, an M, I think she said, or a W or something. And she's w, like, why yeah. is that? And he's like, what, yeah, what are they? And he's like, I have no idea. And all of a sudden, like, it hit me. I'm like, holy shit. They don't know what stars are. Right. Like, I thought that was kind of cool. Yes. That that and, they have lived their yeah. entire lives indoors and never seen yeah. the stars, but also about also, also that knowledge of the stars has been lost, right? Like yeah. they've been living. Do they say? I think at some point they say it's been 140 years, maybe since the pact. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think that's what they say. And but here's and the, like knowledge sorry, of the stars is lost, at least to the normal person on the street. Yeah, that's crazy. And maybe right? I'm over. Yeah, maybe I'm overthinking it, but I feel like that's kind of a clue that they're not picking up on themselves yet. Like, if it's so bad out there and it's toxic and everything, you know, you would think that it would be kind of murkier and everything. Like, you know, like the dust that settles on the, the you know, the lens that they have to clean it and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, if things are so bad out there, how are they seeing the, the stars? Like, shouldn't it? You know, shouldn't it be smog in the air? And you know, like you know, whatever the nuclear yeah. or whatever. Like, did they ever actually? I forget. Is, is it was it nuclear? They've never said. That's why they went into the satellite. They, they have never, never said, said okay. and nobody knows. It appears that like at least for about fifty, maybe people knew when they moved in, but nobody knows who built the silo. Mm-hmm. What there's the pact, and that's all anybody knows is the pact, and nobody seems right. to know. Anything nobody knows it. who wrote it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like we all know Thomas Jefferson in this country who wrote our constitution or Declaration of Independence or whatever, right? Yeah. And nobody knows anything. Yeah. It's a little. Uh, yeah. They've never said what happened. They have not said what happened. Um. So. Yeah, that was pretty amazing that they and pretty telling that they like when you see, um. So Juliet has her friend, the older woman that she worked for in Mechanical, whose name I forget. Um, you know that lady that I mean, right? Um, yeah, I didn't talk about And it's the, the lady that she's the one that asking, sticks in the camcorder. Yes, which you and I recognize as a camcorder, but they have no idea what it is, right? Like that bit of tech, all technology is not only 
like pretty much non-existent. Like they have they have some basic level of technology, not basic, pretty advanced. They've lived underground in a silo for more than forty years. Their their generators and whatever are are more than decent, right? Um, and they're they're able to produce printed material and whatever, but there's no. They don't know what a camcorder is. At the end, we see a Pez dispenser. Clearly, nobody knows what the Pez dispenser is. Having a watch, right? Early on, we see Juliet has a watch. She's like, it's legal. Like, they call them all relics. And so I think there's an atmosphere of, like, so I don't know what you think about that. I know that when I, at this point in the books, I was very like, well, what is it? Why is this stuff not allowed? Like, why, like, are they anti-technology? Is somebody trying to keep them from having knowledge? Like, what is up with that, right? And and I felt early on, I felt like the Tim Robbins character is is anti whatever, but he does seem to come around and be kind of pro Juliet at this point in the story, right? And maybe not. Yeah. He was just basically a big jerk for four episodes, and now he's like sort of becoming a person who maybe is not all bad who knows but i don't know what you're thinking about these relics and technology and and all that and especially vis-a-vis the the pact whatever that is the pact which basically is the constitution that they have i don't know are you getting thoughts or feelings about that or any curiosity or again the murder is really i think doing a good job of holding our attention the serial killer or the, I don't think it's a, do you think it's a serial killer or do you think it's, there's definitely a political element of all of this, right? Because why is Common trying to hide it all so much? Why why was Common so quick to set someone up? Because it was Common. Common's behind it, right? I mean, Common has bosses, but Common set that guy up to commit the murder, plant the evidence. That guy murdered Maine's send the evidence, and then Common threw him off like the 120th. Yeah, that was pretty obvious that that was Common. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Sorry, I don't, like, know if you, I don't know if you even realized that. question there? My call, no, my call dropped. <laughs> oh, really? My phone hasn't moved. We have, my phone is sitting in the exact same spot it was since the podcast started. And all and I started to talk, and all of a sudden I went, I went, my, I heard, boop, I went, what the hell? <laughs> oh, you got that little beeper. Well, I was just talking and talking about like the technology and the and like their loss of their history and the pact and all this stuff, yeah. and like what your thoughts are, if or is it too early to form a right. thought yet on any of this? Um, as far as the relics themselves, I I haven't really thought too hard about the relics. It's just you know, one of those things that's a rule for whatever reason the rule is, because there's so much other stuff going on and they haven't really focused on them to the extent other than people going, Ooh, that's a relic, you know, um, it, it's just with the yeah. murders and everything. And I don't trust, I really don't trust anybody, you know, um, yeah. especially not common, common and the, and Tim Robbins character. Um, yeah. Judicial is, seems to be, the heavies. It seems like, you know, it's funny. Actually, it seems like nobody really trusts judicial, <laughs> which is ironic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although that seems the way we're going in this country. Um, <laughs> but. Well, there yeah. is that too. Nobody trusts them. They're shifty. Yeah. I mean, Common. Okay. Common already seemed kind of shifty even before he threw a guy off the balcony, right? Yeah. Now he seems really shifty. 
Um, but you know what, though? I, I kind of appreciate – I kind of like it sometimes when we have the inside scoop on things, when the characters don't. Like, we know that the guy that just fell off the building is the one that killed um, George. Yeah. So oh, they killed George, that's at yeah. least. Juliet only yeah, knows that he killed, killed Means. Yeah, right. Means, right? Juliet only knows that he killed Means. Marnes. Marnes. Marnes, Marnes. Uh, Juliet doesn't know that he killed George, but we know that. Uh, which brings George's murder like a different level of importance, maybe, right? Like George wasn't yeah. killed in like a in like a whatever kind of just like a robbery or a whatever happens in this. Yeah, and we don't know why he was killed in the asylum yet. No, because he doesn't seem like to have had any. So he had like. Well, we don't know what he knew. We, we know. We know George. He was probably he probably asking some questions, asked the wrong person the right question, and somebody was like, uh, "We got to do something about this guy," um, because like Julia's friend uh, down in, Me- in mechanical, you know, when she's like, you know, when she she makes that comment about how you have to walk and up walk up and down the silo so that, that they couldn't put an elevator in for a certain yeah, reason, but nobody knows, but nobody knows what that, yeah, but nobody knows what that reason is. <laughs> No, and did you catch that she also said the other another thing in the pact is that they can't have any magnification beyond a certain point, and you can right. only have yes. like a magnifying glass, but you can't have like uh, anything more powerful. And why is that, right? Like a micro, like 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 a microscope, which seems like it sounds like uh, her mother invented, well reinvented. Yeah, reinvented. Yeah, discovered or whatever, right? Like you can't, you can only use like a and and like what is the purpose of that, like? I could, yeah. like, you could maybe see some, we've seen enough, like, dystopian shows about, like, why the powers that be might not want people to have technology or relics of the past, but it seems like magnification is, like, a very useful thing in daily life, and I say this while I'm wearing my um, reading glasses right now, because I'm old and require them, <laughs> right? And I guess that's the limit of the amount of magnification I'd be allowed to have in the silo. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, that, it actually, but that, I, that's an interesting thing, actually, because, you know, we don't know what caused everyone to go into the silo. So obviously right. something happened out in the world. One could be led to believe just, you know, hypothetically, it could be science related and like science could scare people because, you know, maybe somebody created accidentally created you know, an airborne agent. Oh, I don't like COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, and look, it wiped out the, science, you know, and it wiped everybody yeah. out. So, so when they created the silo originally and the original pact and everything, well, you know, no more science, science fucking killed us. Yeah. No more science. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, based on what we see outside the silo windows. So, uh, so there is still, if there's still a question, I think, when you look out the window, are you seeing what's really out there, or could it be a projection? Right? Like we we had this discussion. Well, like, and certainly, yeah, I, certainly the sheriff thought it. I believe, like, without knowing anything, obviously, um, you can believe half of what you see out there. I, I it, it's actually ironic yeah. because. The technology is very limited inside the silo. However, I feel like what we're seeing outside the silo is only half true. 
Um, it's kind of like watching um, an animated movie like Roger Rabbit with live action in it also. Like you can right. have both because you've got your green screen and, you know, and everything. So I feel like that's what we're seeing outside. You know, it's it's not to be taken at face value. Right. And we had that conversation like, is what's on the, the view screen real? Is it fake? Is what the sheriff saw in his visor real? Is it fake? Like he thought he saw a green landscape, right? Or whatever. So that is like still a question. And it also begs the question of like what happened? Because if the dust bowl that you see out there is the true landscape, then you're looking at, at not disease, but probably like nuclear war, climate disaster, like some kind of thing that, or, or whatever. I mean, I guess the Dust Bowl in the 1920s in this country was a climate disaster, right? You'd call it that probably. Um, yeah. If, in retrospect. So did that, like, we don't know. That's still out there. Um, I know some shit that's coming, maybe this season, maybe next season, um, that answers a few things and raises more questions. Um, and Juliet maybe is on to some of it. Like, Juliet gets all of her, like, I, I like the way the book set it up and, and the show is setting up the same thing that, the upper floors are where the government is located and Juliet is working up there. And, and like, she does take some shit from a couple characters in these episodes about being like from down below. And they like that girl who's her assistant, the the, the sheriff's assistant, who's kind of a bitch through well, most of her episodes. Not, not anymore. Not anymore. She not anymore. <laughs> what a bitch, right? She's like, Oh, Juliet, help me. Yeah. Help you. And then she's like, Oh, you solved it. I'm out of here. Bye. Uh, she's a total jerk. Um, but she's like, what do you eat down there? What do you, like, she's a total, she treats Juliet like a total loser because she works down there. Meanwhile, we saw Juliet was the only person who keeps that generator running and keeps them all alive, right? Or yeah. she wasn't just uh-huh. the sheriff. Um, and then they're all jerks upstairs. And then as you go down and down and down and down, you kind of get to the real people. It's a little bit, it's a little bit Snowpiercer-ish. Not really. Yeah. Snowpiercer. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, right? it's not. It is. It's it's a. Uh, you're right. It's it's a vertical snowpiercer. <laughs> it's a vertical <laughs> snowpiercer. Everyone's trapped inside. No one can leave, and they're like got these this class system. I mean, as far as we know, you're, yeah, you're gonna nobody. Yeah. You're gonna die if you go outside, just like snowpiercer. Yeah, it, that's a good. That's yeah. a really good uh, comparison. Actually, I hadn't thought of that. Everybody now you upset yeah. me. It's a, and you upset me at the same time. God damn it! Because Snowpiercer is gone. Yeah, and we only we're gonna and the whole season was shot, right? The last season was shot, bastards. Yeah, it was. A, they were like two weeks from airing it. They had a premiere I date. I hate those. Yeah. SOBs. Like WB. Um, um. Maybe they'll put it on Max. TNT. TNT. It was on TNT. Um. Well, yeah, but t- yeah, but. Yeah, but it's owned uh, Warner by Bro- Warner yeah. Brothers. Yeah, it was the Warner Brothers merger. You're right. It's the Warner Brothers merger that spelled the death of our show. Maybe they'll put it on. Maybe they'll um, put it on Max. Oh, that'd be that'd be great, maybe. But anyway, there's this like sort of Snowpiercer thing going on where you've got a class system, maybe not as striated as it is on Snowpiercer, but and the further you go down, 
you get to like the real people who are doing the work and they're kind of treated like shit. But it, it does yeah. seem like it's when Juliet goes, like George was hiding all the shit in the very bottom of the silo. And when Juliet goes like down and down and down and down is when she finds things and stuff is hidden, right? There are like answers, like like there's a big question about what's on the surface, but I feel like they're starting to point us towards a big mystery of what lies beneath, so to speak, also, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I've I've speculated since the beginning, since we first find out about that. I feel like if you go down into the water, that you can get outside. I feel like you know you swim down. Yeah. There's going to be like, there's going to be like, I feel like there's going to be like a grate or something somewhere you open the grate and then you swim through like a tunnel and then you come out in you know, a lake or something. Like a sewer that'll take you out or some sort of under. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're getting water somewhere. That's a good theory, right? Water, like you can't live without water. So they got water somehow yeah. and they can't just be recycling the same water for 140 years. There right. is there a water source? That's interesting, AJ. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, yeah, because otherwise, people, where does the water at the bottom of the silo come from? It's coming from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there, uh, like we saw, it was maybe episode like one or two where she jumps in the water, right? And she goes down and she has a freak out um, and swims back up. So, and that brings me to the flashback of Juliet's brother when he Yeah, I really like the flashback. Yeah. I liked it too. And the brother appears to be going to survive that and then it turns out the brother and the mother are both dead and we don't know why. I don't know if you got any Yeah, we don't know yeah. Yeah. I mean I feel like it had nothing to do with that incident itself there because everybody was fine and then like some time we had a little bit of a time jump we don't know how much of a time jump because it was the same young actress playing Juliet so yeah and they're dead um, right but you know I I, I, thought, I thought that flashback was done really well because it answered questions without really creating too much more like yeah you know we obviously we wonder why her you know how her mother and brother are dead um but we, we, you know, we see the relationship between her and her father, and we find out, you know, how she ends up in mechanical. So I yeah. really liked that a lot. Because basically, her father's unable to like process the death of his wife and child, and neglects his daughter, and and yeah, I, I don't, I don't think they conveyed that he's blaming her, but that he's more kind of absentee, maybe. Um, yeah. What I got from that. Um, so I won't speak from, from what I have read. I, I can tell you that I have seen some speculation online and in some people who, you know, comment on this and write about it. Um, you're talking about water. Does Julian have a fear of water? Did her brother drown? Her brother had blue lips in that scene as someone who maybe was deprived of oxygen. He didn't really look wet to me, though. Um, but no. some people are speculating, like we saw Juliet when she dies in that water and she kind of freaks out and climbs out. Now, it could just be because you live in a 150-story silo and you've never been swimming before, and why would you learn how to swim? Yeah, she exactly. Goes in the water, so, right? 
yeah, that's why I think she's afraid of it. <laughs> because there's just I think, no whatever, walk, there's no swimming. Yeah. yeah. There, her, her. I, I guess. I mean, without knowing more, I mean, I would say based on the scene we saw with her brother, it, some kind of asphyxiation. There's, he's got some kind of. Maybe he has. Uh, uh, what? Uh, uh, Jesus Christ. Asthma. Asthma. They don't, and they don't have yeah. any inhalers. You know, and they deal with it yeah. other ways. Um, you know, yeah. something something along those lines. I yeah. would have to think. And water, water is definitely limited. Like there's that scene in the beginning where the mean assistant uh, gives Juliet her new uniform, and she says, "Like you only get one, and if you bleed on it or sweat through it, you can't get another one for a week until it's like time for the laundry." So like, try not to mess up your uniform, yeah. right? Like. There's not enough water to do, like, laundry as much as you need. There's not – I mean, there's definitely limited water, but there's a ton of water down there. I like your theory that you could swim out if you, if, if you A, knew how to swim and weren't terrified of water um, and, like, and like could figure out how to – you got to swim, right? Like, there's obviously not going to be any, any kind of scuba equipment or snorkel or whatever um, in a basically non-swimming <laughs> – I'm swimming culture. You know what's interesting though? Um, I hadn't I hadn't really thought about that. People not knowing how to swim because like it's not like there's a bunch of pools. Um, that takes me back to the scene when they're fixing the engine, and yep. Juliet is trying to cool it down with the water hose and everything. And I guess I guess at that point it's just instinct. You know, she's trying to stay above the water and she's trying to tread water and everything. Um, yeah. But she seemed to kind I mean, of, you I, know, kind of have the, I, she kind of seemed to have the idea. For somebody that's never been swimming before, she kind of seemed to have the idea. So it's interesting. Yeah, she did. I, I mean, I kind of took that scene as Juliet's devotion to the silo and, and, to, and to fixing the equipment. I mean, so that's been a big theme that we've seen is, like, you're devoted to the silo. The pact is about devoted to the silo. I guess it's all about community. They call it the silo, but they mean the community. And, and common speech was like, well, you do whatever it takes, you know, for the silo. And that's, that's, yeah. that's like, their thing. And, and I, I took that when Juliet was, like, doing whatever it took. It was for the silo, but I, I oh, there's a part of Juliet that is just about proving the point, like, Part of Julia is like, God damn it, I'm fixing this thing in the time they gave me, like, to prove a point. Yeah. Julia's got a lot to prove, partly from her yeah. father always being like, you can't fix shit. You need to stay here. And she's like, I'm 12, and I'm going to do it upstairs and fix some shit, right? And she's very uh, – <laughs> got a lot to prove herself all the time. But, but like, she almost drowned almost to the point – that seemed almost to the point, like – I almost felt like a human being couldn't do that because your survival instinct would take over. Like if you were standing down there holding this hose and you're drowning on your last breath of air, like you probably couldn't even control yourself to just like swim up to the surface, right? Yeah. Like your survival instinct would be such that you just have to do it. Julia's like, God damn it, no, I'm fixing this thing. Um, <laughs> She's stubborn. She is. Um, her, I'm finding her quite likable. Rebecca, I like what Rebecca Ferguson is doing with her. Um, I think a big part of this show and this story is you've got to be able to get behind Juliet, right? And, like, she is kind of troublesome and kind of a jerk sometimes, right? Like, she's not maybe that easy to 
deal with or get along with, right, um, in some ways. But I think I, I find her generally likable as a character. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's also helpful that we are we're kind of rooting for her because you know the the overlying story that you know her mission is 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 you know it's all about George, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do like Common, and I think you know you and I we we have talked in this podcast many times that a good villain thinks he's the good guy, and it. Common yeah. does – he seems to think he is actually doing what it takes oh, yeah. to protect the silo, right? Yeah. Uh, makes him – I mean, he he's – which makes him believable and compelling. So I, I like him as, as the villain yeah. so far. Um, we'll see where this thing's going to go. This is episode five. Are there ten, I think? Maybe ten. I don't. I don't you know, it's funny. Actually, I don't even know what episode that was. Um, but if you say it's five, I, I'll take your word for it. it. I'm gonna look right now and see how many there are. I know it was five because I just watched it tonight. There are. So, so, so. Please be ten. Please be there ten. Are ten. There are ten. There are ten. There are ten. There's quite there a bit ten. of story, and I think I think this first season. I'm not sure if it's the first book or the first two books this season. They're quite slim. You know, they're really novellas. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. I think it's great. So I don't know what this show costs, and I should probably Google it up real quick, but it looks way better than our $300 million Citadel, right? This show has a good <laughs> yeah. deal of, right? So Jamie interviewed Rebecca Ferguson uh, a couple weeks ago who plays Juliet, and I, I did read that interview, and she talks a little bit about the set, and Rebecca Ferguson said they did build a pretty big central staircase for them to work on. So when yes. they're running up and down the stairs, did you read it? It's, she said it's Yeah, fairly... well, I remember Jamie, Jamie, Jamie actually mentioned it two weeks ago. Okay. She did mention but that it's part. Like not it's not any 140 stories. It's probably like two. No. Story, right? I don't know how big it is, but it's probably like two or three it's stories. It's enough to make so it look believable. Not, <laughs> yeah. But, like, they do a good job. Like, their special effects of making that thing look, like, when we see the central thing. Like, when, 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 yeah. Juliet was, when that, when, what's his name? What was his name? Drum, the, 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 the bad guy was trying to throw Juliet Common. off the staircase. No, no, oh, Common's Common Common Shadow. Common Shadow. Common Shadow. Yeah. When he was trying to throw her over the edge and she's hanging, it, it does look kind of real. I mean, it, it looks really yeah. good where she's hanging over the edge. That's many, many stories. And I feel like this show, I don't know what they're spending. Apple has a lot of money also, but it's not $300 million. And it looks, <laughs> but it looks good. It looks good, right? It looks good. Yeah. The costumes. Remember how much yeah, I does. bitched about, what was that show, Moon? Moon, wind, moon, raker, moon, moon, what was that thing where, moon, moon haven. Haven. I never stopped complaining about and how doofy everything looked and how I thought it just didn't look like, this show looks pretty good, I think. 
I mean, it's helpful that they've been living underground for 140 years and they don't have anything, so they yeah. can have dirty clothes. This is a show where you wear your same costume every week and it gets dirty, and they're like, whatever, that's great. Spill some more food on it, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry, my computer's made some noise. Um, yeah, I think it's good. <laughs> I like it. And, and you know what? I read these yeah, books a long too. time ago. So every detail is not in my mind. Like broad strokes of the story are there, mm-hmm. but I don't have the details. So I'm enjoying reading something that – watching it, and I'm not – I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That happened. Oh, yeah, this thing is coming. But I'm not like every minute of it. I'm like, oh, yeah, in The Lord of the Rings, in the next scene, they will talk to the ants, and then the orcs will come, you know? <laughs> like, I, you know, a book that I've read, like, countless times. Um, it's not that yeah. much in my memory. So, Yeah. So, yes, liking, enjoying. This is my non-hating yep, very good. Um, so, I just realized we have uh-huh. <laughs> we just we just did the finale of two shows this week. Oh which my means goodness! Next week we have Fear, Silo, and good news, we do have something returning. Uh, Manifest is back on the second. Oh, is it? For the final uh, ten. You know what? Isn't it convenient that Netflix just started kicking people off right when Manifest is coming back? You jerk. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, so I, we'll see about that. So Manifest will, is back, and we'll cover it next week. Yeah, I figure we'll do. We'll, we'll let Jamie know, but I figure we do two episodes a week. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That'll be yeah. good, and that actually works out good. That actually works out good because that's technically that we have, you know, we have like four four shows, you know, three shows, but four episodes for the time being. Yeah. All right, that sounds good to cover all that. And then I don't know what else is back. I mean, Jamie and I, I was going to try to finish watching From, and Jamie and I would give a five minute coverage of that, but uh, it looks like I'm not going to be able to watch that uh, unless I find myself for some kind of free trial of MGM, but, um, and then I don't know what else is new. I, of course, haven't watched anything because I've been around. Yeah, yeah. Um, but summer is always the slow season and we will find some stuff to cover. There's always, yeah. you know, we might not be in the full golden age of streaming. Stuff is getting cut back, but we'll find something for sure. Uh, All right. Star Trek should be back soon. I mean, the reason, the reason Star Trek is doing interviews tomorrow is because that show Star Trek Strange New Worlds should be God, I should know yeah. this. I'm talking to the cast tomorrow and I don't know when it comes back, but Strange New Worlds should be uh, should be imminent. That's why I'll you in just a second. I think in I think in July. I think I think stories are we'll post interviews right away, but yeah, it's sixteen days. So good. In two so weeks. So the, um Yeah, so the 16 it, days, yeah. that would be, what, the 14th, maybe? Yeah, maybe July 14th. It's the whole main cast tomorrow. That's it's the Wednesday, uh, Anthony Wednesday, Mount, so. Rebecca Romaine, all the main cast. So if anybody's listening to us, I know. When Jamie, to Jamie. When, when Jamie, when Jamie, when Jamie was asking about us helping her out, and I was like, oh, when is it Wednesday? And then she, like, sent, sent the whole thing. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah. It's like five interviews over the course of like two and a half hours. It's not a small yeah. commitment. Um, yeah, I just don't have yeah. the two and a half hours. If it was just one interview, I would, you know, <laughs> no problem. 
Well, plus watching all the screeners. They sent six episodes, um, which I don't oh. know. Oh, well, okay, no, that's, that's, a, yeah. that's, that's a ways away. I was just going to say, I just saw um, Real Time. What is your computer oh, doing? Real Time is coming. Sorry, my computer yeah, was in 90, running in, ahead. In, in, in three months, it's coming. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, good. The fall's coming. I got, oh, we'll I always got find app. something to cover. Yeah, I got this app on my phone that I keep track of some stuff, and uh, it tells me when stuff is and whatnot. Is, Wheel of Time is one of the things and you keep track of? Well, it's – yeah, because we watch it. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> like, all yeah, the TV – like, all the TV shows we watch I ha- are in this app. Like, like I know Witcher comes out uh, – comes back in 30 days. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that's, Alyssa, that's how, cause I went to Alyssa look at, used to – Used to love, but then fell out of love, right? Yeah, it happens Alyssa's a lot. Fickle TV watcher. <laughs> Your wife is fickle when it comes to television. Yeah, I, I was looking at this to see when Star Trek came back, and then at, at the bottom, I saw I saw Wheel of Time. I was like, oh wait, and I, then I, then I looked how many how how far away it is. I was like, oh wait, ninety four days. <laughs> ninety four days. All right, we won't worry about that for a while. All right. Yeah, well, in the no, meantime, we got plenty. But we'll have something in yeah. three months to watch. All right. Well. Oh, good. All right. Talking to you again. Great being back. Um, have a good week, and uh, we'll be back next week. Do it again. Hopefully, Jamie hopefully feels Jamie better will soon. Be recovered from COVID. Yeah. Boy, um, and I don't know what you're. Pa- <clears throat> What'd you say? We had a tough week getting back-to-back COVID yeah. infections, me and Jamie. I, I, that was weird. Um, Never had it before. I, I don't know what your your guardian's plans are, but it was really good. Was so, it? Really? Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Like I am not hearing much about guardians. I'm not hearing a lot of um, feedback That's on everybody's whether it's good not good. That's because everybody's too busy complaining about the Little Mermaid special effects. (laughs) Oh, boy, the Little Mermaid's getting panned, right? Um, um, By the way, there was a story on – so I was in my car for like four hours today listening to the news, and NPR had a story about the Little Mermaid, and they said, okay, the Little Mermaid is being panned by critics, but we talked to audiences about it. And they only interviewed kids who were like little girls eight years and younger to ask how they liked Little Mermaid. And of course, they all loved it, right? It was kind of a hilarious. Yeah. It, it was sort of, if you want to, anybody who has a kid out there and wants to hear it, they acted like they were talking to real film critics. And they were like, they were like, <laughs> Jenna found the story to be densely layered with excellent special special effects and a beautiful love story and the kid's like I really liked it because she gets a boyfriend and they fall in love but it's sad and they also cried <laughs> it's kind of funny um, yeah I, that's on my list I'm not going I didn't go, I've never seen the animated and I will not go see this one really it's just not I, never, I, I have You've seen very seen few it. animated films uh, you know what, it, nope, it, you know what? I, can't, I don't have kids I can't even say I, I, see, I knew you were going to say that, and I was going to say, tell you, it has nothing to do with having kids because I saw all of them before I had kids. <laughs> yeah, and you have boys now, but and and um, I, and I and I was not a kid myself when I saw most of them. 
I know. That came out. What I've never seen The Lion King. I've never seen Ninety. Little Mermaid. I've never seen what? Lion King. King. How have you never oh, seen The Lion Oh, my God. I, I saw Beauty. I think I saw Beauty and the Beast because some little kids came over to the house, and their parents brought it to keep them entertained, a couple of little girls. And I saw my sister-in-law trick me into going to see Tangled. Well, she didn't trick me, but she was like, but my niece was like, forced, like, do you want to go see Tangled with us? And I was like, yeah, I'll go. And she's like, good, I bought tickets for tomorrow at 11. And I was like, who goes to a movie at 11 in the morning? Oh, little kids. <laughs> little kids go to the morning. Somebody with a four-year-old. So, yes. And I've seen all the classics. When I was a little when I was a little kid, I saw Bambi oh, yeah, and yeah. Snow White and Cinderella and all the originals, right? All the original movies I've seen, of course. But I've not seen any – I've seen a few Studio Ghibli movies, who, which are a totally different level of movie from Disney films, right? Um, I fell asleep during Wall-E twice. Um. Yeah, I've not. Have you seen really Toy seen Story? In, um, I have seen Toy Story only because when my nephew was like four, five, three, four, five years old, he watched that movie every single day of his life. So he's seen it maybe 150 times. Like he watched it every. You have little. You have little <laughs> boys. I don't know if they loved it. Oh yeah, he that was that was Junie. That was Junie with Nemo. Yeah, watch it every day, and as soon as it ends, like, start playing it again. I'd be like, are you kidding me? You want to watch Toy Story again? Yes. It, Went as Woody multiple years. Artie was Toy Story also, Halloween. actually. Yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. Artie's was My Toy nephew, Story, and Damon's was Cars. Like, every day? Like, seriously? Little kids watch yeah. that movie every uh, single day? Yeah. Yeah. Numerous times every day. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, my mother used to complain that she thought um, – Mr. Rogers, I would watch Mr. Rogers when I was a little kid. Mr. Rogers is so boring. She's like, Mr. Rogers is so boring. I hated Mr. Rogers. But she's probably lucky she didn't have to watch Toy Story 20,000 times in her life. Um, so, yeah, no, I haven't seen The Little Mermaid. I never saw the original Little Mermaid. I And I will not go see the remake original Little Mermaid. I do, I have to, we should probably wrap this up soon, but didn't even get any some criticism for like recycling their IP, like they remade um, yeah. the Jungle Book live action. That was kind of not a big success, right? And they are like not investing in any new, I mean, they are, but I mean, Pixar, but that they're just remaking the same old movies again. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm I'm kind of getting tired of them. I, the, the only one I really was excited for was uh was Aladdin because I just I love Aladdin. Um, Never see it. So I I enjoyed that, but uh, I did see the, the live Beast, action. Live action. Movie. I saw a lot. I saw a lot. Yeah, action. That, was, that was that was all right. All right. Um, had some good actors. It was fine. But uh, I haven't seen the live action Lion King. I just I don't know. I just feel like what do you yeah. what are you gonna do with it? How how much fun can a live action Lion King be? Well, I mean, it was a Broadway show before any of the, the show. Like the Broadway the, show the, was a but, tremendous. But the Broadway hit. show has people dressed in costumes acting in the story. You know what I mean? What, how, yeah. The live action to me just seems like okay. You have a bunch of. Like, what did you do? Like, and I, I should probably watch it to find out the answer. But uh, all I can picture is like animating lips onto real lions. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And the Broadway show is a is a theatrical experience, and they're doing something yeah. without movie magic and doing it practically on the stage in front of you. And they're not right. doing live action with animatronic like like um like the live action uh, Jungle Book had like animated talking animals. Right, it was not yeah. a person like you're saying. The Lion King was like a person wearing a spectacular costume of a of an animal. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. I get that. Anyway. All right. Um. So, okay. Nothing else TV wise to talk about. I guess that's a wrap, huh? That would be a wrap. All right. Well, have a good week, Karen. Thank you, everybody. And. Podcast land for listening to us. Until next week, we're done. Good night, everyone. Hey.